Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. Anyways, um, tonight, um, uh, I'm excited about this message. It's uh, something that God put on my heart uh, maybe a year or two ago, but I, I finally felt released to speak this word tonight. And um, I'm sharing a, just a single message tonight called The Fire of God. And um, I think I know why God wanted me to hold off till tonight, because this is a, a message for mature believers. There are some people out there who are not mature. And, um, you know, just the, the other day, Heather let me know that um, someone that she's reached out to and cares about said they're quitting our church because they don't like word of faith stuff. No, it's, it's okay. And I, I just thought, well, that's just uh, immaturity. And um, no, this is, this is okay. This would be actually a great message for them to hear. And, um, you know, Paul said when we... When he preached the gospel, he didn't do it with just wisdom of, of men's speech. He did it, he demonstrated the gospel with the power of God. And he said, when I communicate, when I minister now, this is in 1 Corinthians 1.6, he says, uh, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. And it's, it's a mark of maturity in the believer to desire the fire of God. And we have a lot of mature believers here who de desire the fire of God. They desire the power of God. They desire to see his promises manifest here on this earth, here in their life. And a lot of people here, pretty much everyone who's a part of this church, either has that desire or, or has the desire to watch the fire burn. Which is fine. They're at least open to the fire. And they're open to, to those who, who seek the power of God and who want to have faith for that in their life. And um, that, that's really important. I, I know some people maybe aren't quite there to just jump in into that baptism of fire that Jesus has for believers, for mature believers. But um, I, I've seen some people who aren't quite, quite ready, but they're at least willing to, I don't know why they're here. I think they're, they're here because they like to see the fire burn. They like to see the passion. They like to see what God's up to. And um, um, the fire of God is not just a spectacle. It's something that we are to contain and, and have ourselves. Amen? All right. You guys ready for this? I see some mature people here. No, this is good. And um, it's, it's, if you get offended, then you can come... Sunday morning here, Pastor Lawson's message on offense, which is, it's been doing a great series called Breaking Satan's Power, Overcoming Offense, which some people need to hear. Hebrews 12, let's go to Hebrews 12. Verse 29 says, our God is a consuming fire. So we should desire the fire of God because our God himself is a consuming fire. I want to um, backtrack a little bit in Hebrews 12 and start actually in verse 21. And it talks about Moses here saying when he saw the fire of God, when God spoke to him with an audible voice out of the, the burning bush, which wasn't burn up, it says that he, when he was, he was so terrified by that sight, Moses said, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. 
But verse 22, this is really cool. Um, this, this writer here in Hebrews is talking about what we have as believers today. We have something greater than what Moses saw himself, what Moses himself experienced. It says in verse 22 that now we have come to Mount Zion. So if you believed on Jesus, if his spirit is inside of you, you have already come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. I love that. We are in a place of power. We are in the very city of God. There, are, there is an innumerable company of angels. We, we are in a place where, where God's power, where his fire is burning continually. Because we have Jesus. Now, just um, a, a couple days before Sunday, someone reached out to me. They used to come to church here years ago, and um, I don't know what happened to them for, for a few years, but, but this, um, she, she's a mom and, and married, and she said her, her stepson was, was um, hearing demonic voices, and he was terrified by these demonic voices, and she said, well, can, can you pray for him? Can, can we do something? And I said, and we're just communicating uh, through social media, so I, I, didn't, I didn't talk to her at length. I didn't really know what was going on. But I just said, well, well, bring him to church Sunday morning. Me or the pastors or our elders would be happy to pray for him. And um, I know that the power of God is here. The fire of God is here. And the devil is just a, a puny little fleck. And just, just and, and um, I told her in, in the meanwhile, I don't want him to be... be scared, you know, while they're waiting two or three days. I said, if he hears these voices, just, just play one of these two songs. I believe these two songs are super anointed, and I believe that, that it'll, it'll bring, you know, victory to him. So, so I said, listen to I Speak Jesus, play that, and listen to Back to Life. We just did that song um, this past Sunday. I think we're going to do it again this Sunday, right? I think it's on the docket for this Sunday, so... Um, man, there, there's so much power, but, but she, she brought her, I actually didn't pray over, over her stepson, but she said, I brought him to elders, they anointed with him oil, they prayed over him, and he heard the voices say no, and, and they're gone. It's just like that. This is Mount Zion, this is the city of the living God. We have an innumerable company of angels. We don't need to be afraid of the devil or his little henchmen. Verse 23, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. That's us. We are the church of the general assembly. Our names are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. I love that. Our spirits are made perfect. Say, my spirit, my spirit. is made perfect. Spirit. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Jesus is still speaking today. He is speaking today. You know, my mom um, went through my bedroom in her house. I'm 36 now, and she went through and she got rid of all my stuff, finally. She, she's the, boxing it up. I've gotten bits and pieces of it back over the years, but she's said, I'm done with all this. Here's everything. And, and you know, I, I got all my textbooks from when I was 20, and, and um, I got my computer back from when I was 20. 
And I had, uh, I showed Heather this. I, I tried to turn it on, and sure enough, it kicked on. This 20-year-old MacBook Pro that I got when I was 18 years old. But I had a, uh, a little strip of paper taped to the top of my computer, and it said, listen, I am speaking, dash God. And I love that. He is still speaking. Jesus is the one who speaks. Verse 25. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Jesus is still speaking. He's speaking from heaven. He's speaking through his Holy Spirit here on the earth today, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. The fire of God actually gets crazier and crazier as time goes on. It burns more and more. Things shook when Jesus was on the earth, but there is still more shaking to go on in the earth today. Haggai prophesies of, of this shaking, this last time shaking. Haggai 2, verse 6 through 9, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. I love that. The desire of all nations. We have a man here, a missionary, speaking to the youth tonight. His name is Muhammad. He, he grew up, um, was an extremist in the Muslim faith. Jesus radically changed his life. He now, he now sees hundreds and hundreds of Muslims come to Jesus. Jesus is the desire of all nations. I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater. The fire of God is going to burn hotter and brighter and brighter. Some people say the power of God, the, the move of the Holy Spirit, it died out with the early church. Wrong. Tell me when. Name the date. Show me in Scripture. It has not died out. I've seen too much of the power of God on display to try to, try to put that fire in the back closet. This is why we preach about the Holy Spirit here at church. This is why we preach about God's incredible grace. This is why we preach about faith. Why we encourage people to desire a move of God here on this earth in their own life. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. Verse 27 it says, Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. God is still a consuming fire. And we see that all through Scripture. And um, when God spoke this message to me years ago, he, he um, spoke to me through the life of Elijah. And I see many parallels between Elijah and um, what is happening here on the earth today, especially here in America. Let's go to 1 Kings 18. 
1 Kings 18. And my first point for you tonight is this, the real God answers by fire. Now, Israel at this time was in a terrible spiritual state, a terrible condition spiritually, politically, um, completely backslidden. We see here in 1 Kings 18, Ahab was the king. He married Jezebel, um, who, who brought in um, uh, Baal worship from Sidon. It says that there were 450 prophets for Baal, 400 prophets for Asherah, and they sat at her table. They had great political influence. You know, just the other day I was driving. You might say, what are you talking about, Pastor Aaron? There, there is no Baal worship going on here in America today. There's no Baal worship surely going on in Colorado Springs. Surely no Baal worship going on in School District 20. You know, I was driving in downtown Colorado Springs just a few days ago, and on, on city lampposts, there, there's, there are signs that say Pikes Peak Pride. On city lampposts, and, and I, I kind of want to call the city and ask if they paid for that space. I don't think they did because there's a big Pikes Peak Pride banner in front of, you know, the, the, the city um, municipal buildings as well. So the, um, there's supposed to be a separation of church and state, I thought. You know, a few years ago, our church came under fire because we actually paid for bus benches to, to use the advertisement for our church, and we said, Jesus is Lord. And people took offense at that. But yet, here the city is promoting a, a, a message, promoting a, a system of thought, promoting a religion. promoting a religion, and I bet they're doing it free of charge. Here in Colorado Springs, local politics matter. The, the LGBTQ thing is a religion. It is, it is a religion, it is a doctrine, it is a system of thought, it, it has a system of worship, it has, you know, religious traditions and spectacles and, and um, it demands that its followers bow down. It has sacraments. This is my body. The, the core of that progressive, woke religion, the core of their sacrament that, that, they, that, that, they, will, that they will not give up, not, they, they will die on that hill, is abortion. And, and, and the, 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 they've stolen what Jesus said about communion. This is my body. I will never, ever, ever, ever vote for a candidate who supports abortion. Ever. Donald Trump, you might like him, you might hate him. He's actually the most pro-life president that this nation has had in a long time. 
And for that, I applaud him, I thank him. So let's read here in 1 Kings 18, verse 17. It says, it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? Seems like something I've been called before, something this message might ping me with. Or, you know, there have been people who called, named our church as a troubler alongside other churches who don't like what Baal and Asherah and their followers are doing here in our community. It happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. I like Elijah. He just says it like it is. There's a few people with the spirit of Elijah on them today, and I'm glad. Sometimes that spirit comes upon me. Now, therefore, send and gather all Israel to me on Mount Carmel, the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. He knew exactly what was going on. There's 450 of the Baal prophets. There's 400 Asherah prophets, and they eat right there at your wife's table. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, how long will you falter between two opinions? This is a word for the church today. There is coming a time where you're going to have to draw a line in the sand. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left, a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. One person can make a difference. One person who stands up for truth, one person who believes in the power of God, one person who desires the fire of God can shift things radically. Verse 23, therefore let them give us two bowls, let them choose one bowl for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bowl and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. God still answers by fire. The real God answers by fire. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bowl for yourselves, prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, put no fire under it. So they took the bowl which was given them, and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. So it was at noon that Elijah mocked them. I love that. He wasn't a very religious person. 
Sometimes my sense of humor can get me in trouble as well. Sometimes when I'm explaining to my nine-year-old son things that parents shouldn't really have to explain to nine-year-old children about the Baal and Asherah worship that's going on in the world today, sometimes my sense of humor kicks in. And it might not be politically correct all the time, but sometimes some things that are going on in the world is so ridiculous, so insane. This, this worship, he was mocking them and, and, and said, cry aloud for he's a God. Either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. You know, these, these uh, Baal prophets, they represent modern religion. Long prayers, great theatrics, self-harm, pushing people further and further away from God and ultimately no fire. Cry aloud, he's God, he's either meditating or he's busy or he's a journey, sleeping, he must be awakened. So they cried aloud, they cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. Verse 29, and when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. That's what's coming to all of these things. It's all going to come to nothing. Our God is still a consuming fire, and, and the false religions, the false wisdoms, the false junk of this world will be shaken. It will not stand. But the name of Jesus will always stand. It will always remain. The fire of God will always burn. Elijah, in verse 30, said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. This altar of the Lord had been broken down People weren't worshiping the one true God. He built it back up. He took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two seahs of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bowl in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water, pour on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. They did it a second time, and he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. In Israel, I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Elijah was a revivalist. You cannot have revival without the fire of God. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Then when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, 
Yahweh, Jehovah. He is God. The Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah. He is God. Elijah was not a religious person. I just love picturing him here, just laughing, joking, mocking them. I bet when he saw them cutting themselves, cutting their fingers off, cutting their ears off, cutting whatever, dismembering themselves, he probably thought, this is incredibly ludicrous. Why would the government support this stuff? <laughs> oh, Aaron, troubler of Colorado Springs. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't frustrated. He, wasn't, he was laughing, joking. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, Elijah, he just prayed a short prayer. They were out there praying, begging, dancing, frolicking, parading. And just got, got nowhere. He just prayed a short prayer of faith. I like what James said about Elijah. He said he was a man just like us. James 5, 17, 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on the land for three years and six months, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Elijah, and these prophets of Baal and Asherah, they represent religion. They represent prog progressivism. They represent wokeism. But Elijah represents true, authentic relationship with God. He had a sense of humor. He prayed a short prayer of faith. It didn't matter how many people were against him. God was with him. And he knew that the fire of God was there. When you have a true relationship with God, you're going to desire that fire for yourself. You're going to desire Jesus for yourself. You don't want religion, you want Jesus himself. That's your desire, the desire of all nations. And Jesus, this is my next point, Jesus is an unquenchable fire. He is an unquenchable fire. His power will not fade. His authority will never be taken away. His word is established for all eternity. It cannot be shaken. His name is exalted above every other name. No demon in hell can stand against the name of Jesus. There is salvation in no other name. He alone is the way. He alone is the truth. He alone is the life. And he alone is the way to the Father. He is an unquenchable fire. And he is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. He is the one who baptizes us with the fire of God. I love that this is a Holy Spirit church. We have water baptism services. We also have Holy Ghost baptism services. And some people aren't always mature enough to understand why. We have Holy Ghost baptism services. 
some people maybe are at least open to it. They like seeing the fire burn. You gotta be careful though. I've, I've observed some of these people who kind of stand afar off. The fire, fire spreads, especially when the wind picks up. And sometimes the wind blows, especially when there's revival in the air. Let the wind blow. Matthew 3, 11 and 12. John the Baptist said this in Matthew 3, 11 and 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. He is an unquenchable fire. Acts 1 verse 4. You can turn there if you'd like. Acts 1 verse 4. It says, being assembled together. That great assembly. Being assembled together. We are assembled together tonight on a Wednesday night. I would say this is a great assembly tonight. I see some great people here. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. I love it. It's called the promise of the Father. The promise. It's not just a promise. It's the promise of the Father. What he said, you have heard from me. He's spoken to them about it. He's prepared them for this. He's taught them about this. He's been telling them to get ready for this. I have to go. It's better that I go so this promise can come. The promise can come. So the fire can come. <clears throat> if Jesus desired this fire for his 12 disciples, for his early followers, I think he still desires this fire for us today. I don't think that fire was taken away. I don't think God would snuff out the promise. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. They were, they were thinking, when, when, is, when is Israel going to become a nation again? We want to know. We want to know. He said, this, let's go back to what I'm talking to you about. This is actually something that's really incredible. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And in Acts 2, verse 1, it said, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. They began to speak. Yeah. They began. If they began, they probably continued. 
they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know what? The church has not died. The church that started on the day of Pentecost, it still exists today. I'm looking at it tonight. The church has not died. The general assembly of all of those whose names are registered in heaven has not died. The fire of the church has not died. The fire of God is still burning bright in this place tonight. Jesus is still here. He is still alive. He is still unquenchable today. You know, John, the beloved, he saw the fire of God. You know, Thursday night before um, Easter, we had a big practice that night with a dance and the drama team, the choir, the band, and um, I, I, was tr- I gave a devotional. We usually share a devotional um, at our Thursday night practices, and I, when I was driving here, I asked God, what should I share? And he told me, in preparation for Easter, in preparation for Resurrection Sunday, the day that we celebrate that Jesus is alive, and you can celebrate it any, any day. He, he, God told me to, to read from Revelation 1, and I want to read this to you tonight, this picture of Jesus today, Revelation 1, starting in verse 12. Jesus is the unquenchable fire, and that fire never burns out. It burns brighter and brighter and brighter. Revelation 1, verse 12, it says, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden Band. This is the one that we serve. This is a picture. This is what Jesus looks like right now. We are seated together with him in heavenly places. He is still speaking to us right now. It says, his head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. I don't know why people worry about what color Jesus' hair was. It's not brown anymore. It's not blonde anymore. It's not red anymore. I think he might have had red hair. <laughs> David... King David had red hair. He, he was in that, I don't think he got the genetics of David, but he's at least born in the house. But His hair is white now. White like wool, as white as snow. His eyes, what color were his eyes? Did he have pretty eyes? Did he have blue eyes? Did he have green eyes, brown eyes? You can't even see his irises because his eyes burn with a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance like the shining sun in its strength. And when I saw him, just like Moses, when he saw the fire of God, Moses said he fell down. John here, he says, I fell down at his feet as dead. He saw the very fire of God, the unquenchable fire of God. He saw Jesus Christ himself. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. 
Jesus is the unquenchable fire of God. And this is my last point tonight. If we are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel must contain the fire of God. The gospel should be always focused on Jesus. He is the very fire of God. We should always be, everything we do as a church, it should always be pointing to Jesus. We want people to know Jesus. We want to ex- people to experience his grace, experience his power, experience healing, experience the baptism in the Holy Ghost, experience freedom, experience deliverance, experience all the good things. Experience with other people. We're part of a great assembly. Build relationships and live with purpose. God has a great purpose for you, but everything has to focus on Jesus. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2. glad you guys are here on a Wednesday night. I know the Wednesday night crowd is always the extra mature crowd. Who knows, just because the spirit of Elijah hit Pastor Aaron, not to be offended. First Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I love this. Paul here just lays out every every purpose of his ministry, which I think should be the purpose of our ministry today, the purpose of our church today. When I came to you, it, it wasn't about my excellence of speech. It wasn't just about all my programs, about how many, you know, knitting groups I had at my church, how many... Found out someone... Anyways, never mind. Shouldn't go down that path. It's better to be positive. Do you love, I, love, I love people who knit. That's not the, the goal of our church. If you knit with friends here, that's great, but... I did not come to you with just the excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Everything was about Jesus. Everything was about what he did for us at the cross, the finished work of Jesus. That is all I tried to communicate. That's all I tried to minister to you. It was all about Jesus. I was with you in weakness, in fear, in much trembling. In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. When we preach the gospel, there should be a demonstration, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. If someone says we don't need a demonstration, we don't need the power of God, don't go to church there. Verse 6, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. He's saying, uh, there's something different about you, and I know I could speak to you because there was maturity there. We can speak to those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Some people outside of these walls may not get it. But their wisdom, their, their, their rule, their authority, their whatever, it's going to come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery and hidden 
wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. We should be seeking revelation from the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Our faith should not just be founded upon the wisdom of men. It has to be founded upon the very power of God. It has to be founded upon the fire of God. If, it's, if you just grow because of something that I said with my own wisdom, my own intellect, my own whatever, that will be shaken. Someone can shake that. But if your faith, if your relationship with God is based upon his power, a relationship with him, a relationship with Jesus, the unquenchable fire of God, if you've, if you've experienced that fire yourself, if you've at least seen that fire yourself, it doesn't matter how wise or how smart or how whatever or what the Baals and Ashereth worshipers are doing in the, you, you will be unshakable. Your faith will be unshakable. So this is my conclusion for you all tonight. As we believe, as we communicate, as we support and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ, let's do it. by being fueled by the fire of God, amen? By the Spirit of God, by Jesus Christ himself, amen? Amen, amen, awesome. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.